Hi, I'm Monty Sharp, and I'd like to welcome you to the Gatekeepers Initiative. What in the world is a gatekeeper, you may ask? I'm so glad you asked. The world's gatekeepers proclaim that they're protecting their community, but in reality, they're elevating themselves by denying others entrance to the community by belittling and devaluing them. God's gatekeepers protect their communities through loving devotion to those around them. They're there to encourage that which is good and reject that which brings harm. So let's take a deeper dive today in how God is calling you to be a gatekeeper. Today we have the privilege of interviewing a really special person in this, in this ministry. Uh, her name is Michelle Cormack, and she's been volunteering for this ministry the last 28 plus years. And I don't think we could be doing half the stuff that we're doing today if it wasn't for her being involved in it. I know that she started back many, many years ago helping on a junior high campus because her kids were involved with it. And I didn't even know her at that point, didn't know what blessing we had. And a couple of years later, the way she puts it, I think I ended up in, in her front room. Uh, bringing, Dropped in my living room. <laughs> doing a leadership uh, a class with uh, the students that her daughter was involved in. And then she started doing some discipleship for us. And the next thing you know, she realized that I needed an administrator because mm -hmm. uh, we were just overwhelmed and buried. And she said, I can do that. And I went, oh, praise Jesus. And it was not that she could just do it, but she had the right heart, the right attitude. And it was, we just clicked so perfectly as far as really having what I felt like was the Lord's heart in dealing with people and, and those around us. And so she came in for the dime and ended up with the dollars. She was really, I had her working 40 to 68 hours a week on a regular basis. And then she took over our uh, human resources department on top of that. And through all these years, I've had her working with me, teaching, co-leading uh, campus ministries. And so I thought it would be really fun to be able to hear from her and what she's had to put up with all these years. And not only that, but what makes her so incredibly special. Uh, it's not always been easy in her life, uh, but she really has trusted the Lord. So, sis, uh, I'm thrilled to have you here with us today and uh, would kind of just curious why in the world did you get involved with us to begin with? Well, first of all, thank you. That was a very sweet introduction. You're most welcome. And um, how did I get involved with you? Why did I get involved with you? I, it really started off, I guess, with um, my daughter. And she, was, she said leadership needed a place to meet. And we happened to live close to the high school. And she asked if, if you all could meet at our house. And I was like, absolutely. So uh, that's where you first came in, where Lord first dropped you into my living room. And um, it was such a joy for me because I've always had a heart for teenagers and love teenagers, love being in the midst of them. And it was, and it, so I just really, um, it, they just fill a house with so much life and joy <laughs> and energy. And it was just so much fun um, to have them around. And... So, and at the time, I happened to be at a place in my life where I was looking to give out and minister somewhere. I was in a great church and really being fed and for a long time, and I just felt so full that if I didn't find a place to give out, I would just burst. And 
So I had been just kind of trying to find where that niche was, where the Lord wanted me to be. And he kept kind of closing doors here and closing doors there. And I just kept praying, Lord, show me. And I did not expect when I said yes to my daughter and you guys meeting there that it would have anything to do with where the Lord would end up taking me. But that was how it ended up working out. So pretty awesome. I remember uh, when you told me at the time when I came and talked to you about it, you said, "Um, I'm kind of shy. And if if I can go upstairs while this is going on, uh, that that would be awesome. We would love to have you here. And I said, sure, no problem whatsoever. And and it was funny because on that first week you went upstairs, but then the next week I noticed you were about halfway down on the stairs. And then the following week you were down at the bottom of the stairs. And next thing I know that you were in there in the middle of it. And then when I challenged you to start discipling some, some girls, you said, let me pray about it. And you stepped right into that role. It was amazing uh, that you just kept taking the baby steps to overcome your shyness uh, and to be able to uh, let the Lord use you that. And I know to this day, you're an incredibly shy person that people don't know. You always look like you've got it all together and that there's never a problem. And, uh, but you really spend a lot of time and energy preparing yourself uh, every time that you're in a situation where you have to be doing ministry. Yes, that's absolutely true. It's, um, it, it's actually exhausting for me on <laughs> when uh, like I come home from club days and I'm pretty tired um, because it isn't my natural bent to be around a lot of people or to be in front of a lot of people. Um, but it is something that uh, the Lord does supernaturally in me and it's part of his calling on me, absolutely. I believe, and so he gives me what I need to do that. But yes, when I first started, I couldn't, you had me on campus, I couldn't talk to a teenager unless I was handing them a flyer or giving them a piece of pizza or something, kind of had to have a reason and an excuse. In my own home, it was a little easier because they were friends of my daughters, and so, you know, there's an in there. Um, But yeah, being on campus was even something different, and then inviting girls in to have small groups and discipleship. which I just found that I absolutely love the connection, mm-hmm. love the connection with them. Yeah, that was where it, it just really solidified. This is where I belong. This is the calling that the Lord has on me. You know, I, I think a lot of people out there are thinking, guys, that's really cool, you know, that you got that ability to relate to teenagers. But you're just a, a mom, yeah. you know, raising teenagers. Yes. Uh, and yet you stepped out by faith and said, okay, I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. Um, and we gave you a little bit of training and you yes. just took that and embraced it and um, it took off amazingly. We still are in, in contact with a lot of those kids that you discipled through the years that are doing amazing things out there. And it's, uh, it's a blessing to see that. Well, I, I think, um, you know, one of the most important things which I saw modeled right away is the importance of relationship and that connection that the Lord has created us for relationship. And um, that being so much a part of um, the discipleship model that is going on, um, you know, it, it just, it's like family. It's like, you know, it's just such an awful, awesome thing to have these kids come in and you're really just coming together and celebrating Christ together mm-hmm. as family. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's addictive. What, what about people that are listening in on this and going, you know, gosh, that sounds like something I kind of like to do, but I'm 
who am I to do that? And I'm kind of scared and my life isn't perfect. And, and I don't know that I could do that. What would you tell them? Well, you know, I, I really felt like that at first too. And um, from you to, you did take me through some training and things. And then even initially, I just didn't have a lot of confidence. So what I did was I joined in with another group initially and I, and I just want to make sure that I had, that I knew what I needed to know before I discipled others. And so I joined in with a KMRD SAS. They were, they were leading kids at that time. I just joined in with one of their groups with their kids. And as we were working through discipleship and it just, it, it built my confidence that yes, the Lord had given me what I needed. And, and, you know, you've trained me and taught me too. if I don't have the answer to something to let people know, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to go find out and we'll come back and we'll talk about it again. So it takes all the pressure off. You know where I learned that? No. When the Lord called me into doing this ministry and I went, I don't know how to work with teenagers either. <laughs> and what if they ask me something I don't know? And the Lord said, tell them you don't know and go find the answer. And I went, okay. In fact, it was really interesting because, um, you know, out on the street even, as I've led people to the Lord and things like that, and maybe they ask you a question that you don't know, and you go, hey, I, I don't know the answer to that, but how about if I call you next week or in a couple of days, and I will give you that answer? Uh, and then they'd ask me another question that I didn't know. And, and so I'd say, well, how about if we meet again the next week? And pretty soon we were on a discipleship because of questions that I didn't know the answers to, that kept us continuing to meet and help them continue to follow them more in love with Jesus. So, and I, I love that. I love just the organic, natural growth of, of that type of thing. Yeah. Yes. So those of you that are out there listening, maybe the Lord is calling you to come be part of that. Absolutely. You can always call us, and, and we would love to, to hook you up and get you trained to be a part of, of making a difference in people's lives. So what are the things drew you to student venture? What are the things I am to student venture? No, what, what other things drew oh, you to it? Other things drew me. Oh, oh, so there were a couple things. Um, not just working with teenagers, which I love, but also student venture has always had a heart for the unity of the body of Christ. And um, I could work within my church and, and, you know, look to doing that definitely and did, some, you know, some serving within my church. But I always had that heart for the unity of the body of Christ. And that is something that Student Venture has had a heart for. And it was just such a, such a great thing to find that kind of a fit for me. Um, you know, where I get to reach out to these other churches and I get to connect with them also as family. We're, we're a big family. We're yeah. a big family. And we aren't this little family and that little family. And we're separate. We are together. And we are one. And it is. Um, and is so such a passion for me, and so to have that perfect fit also was just an incredible blessing and confirmation that this is where I needed to be. Now that was one of the things that I loved that the Lord had laid in your heart, because when I sold out to Jesus, I, I looked around and I went, you know, the Scripture says the world will know that you're my disciples and that you have love for one another. And I saw so many pastors that didn't seem to have that love for each other. And I'm going, how is the world going to know about Jesus if we're not loving each other? And we've been so blessed in our community to see so many pastors that are working together so wonderfully. Yeah. Uh, and I love the fact that you understand that and you've got a heart for it and you can keep encouraging those around as you talk to them to do that. I love that. And I feel like so much of it is just opening the opportunity. It's like if you don't have the opportunity to talk to someone 
you kind of become strangers. Yeah. And it, and there's a wall there just because you haven't had that opportunity to connect. So giving those having those opportunities for the body of Christ, for these pastors and these youth pastors even to connect with one another and then to connect their bodies together, um, that's where we were created to be. And that is where we just see incredible things happen. And, and our celebration of the Lord is just so much bigger. And um, so, yeah, I, I just love that part of it. That's awesome. So were you glad that you uh, opened your home up? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Has it been easy always? No. Um, <laughs> you were no. quick on that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it hasn't. There are definitely, and you, you know, you've been very good at kind of pulling me out of my comfort zone, which I don't really have a desire to stay in my comfort zone. Sure, I want to at times, but I don't really down deep have a desire to stay in my comfort zone. I know that that's not where the great things happen. Those great things happen in that faith zone. And um, you've always been good at encouraging me to kind of get out of that comfort zone and push myself a little further and trust the Lord for it. And so often it just takes that first step of saying, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. And the Lord is like quick to meet you right there and to walk with you through it. It's just, and then overwhelm you and lavish you with the blessings of it. And um, so that is really what I have experienced more than anything with this. There have been times I'm weary, um, yet I found that when I'm weary but willing, the Lord is so good to come right in and take care of that. And overwhelmingly so. Just feel me and give me what I need to be able to minister and give out and then overflow my cup again. That's awesome. Speaking of overflowing your cup again, uh, you have a unique gift that can be so difficult for people to live with. Lord's made you an empath. Yes. And I think probably most people have no clue what that is. Um, Basically, an empath is a person that's highly sensitive to other people's emotions and, and the intensity of it. Um, a person that's just speaking with some intensity, it feels like they're yelling at you. Um, and then when you've got a lot of noise and a lot of people around you, it's like everybody's screaming at you uh, because you've got such a hypersensitivity to their emotions. That's not an easy thing to live with. And especially, you know, how do you, how do you minister to teenagers who are so full of exuberance and emotions and and sometimes difficulties and, and things along that line. How do you do that? Um, well, that's a really good question. I think, um, yes, I definitely feel I can walk into a room. Nobody has, they, somebody doesn't even have to talk, or, and I can feel what is going on with them. I do definitely feel people's emotions strongly, and they're thinking they're hiding it, but no. I can pick up on that very well. Um, and I think that's part of the gifting the Lord gave me too. It can be difficult, but it also um, is is a gift um, because it allows me to be able to I think meet people where they're at. Um, and and this so that's a good thing. I, I can feel I, I'm very empathetic, too much so I think at times. <laughs> yet I recognize that this is this is part of the calling that the Lord has given me, and. Um, 
and it's something that I can praise him for even in the difficulty of it. I can praise him for it. And so I don't know, it's trusting him. It really comes down to just, I think, trusting him for whatever it is he's setting before me to deal with. Waiting on him to reveal how that's going to happen. So I know that um, you can't always do this, but I, again, back to the same thing. I, I know that you prepare yourself. Yes. So often when you know yes. that you're going to be in those situations, does it really make a difference? Oh, yes, it definitely does. And even, even today, like coming into this is a different kind of thing for sure. <laughs> yes, it is. And I was really nervous about it. And um, yes, I definitely took that time, uh, made sure to get in the word and, and prayer, prayer myself, be able to pray over all of this and try to just really connect with the Lord before I even come into this situation. Um, yes, he gives you the strength that you need. He gives you the focus that you need because it's so, it's so easy to get uh, distracted by your emotions over something or somebody yeah. else's emotions over yeah. something. And um, so being able to prepare and being able to get in the word and give him an opportunity to speak to us is, um, it just refocuses us where we need to be, our, our vision on him, and that it really is all about him and isn't about us. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know that there's... Um... I know that, that as you were growing up, that you were in a family that had a heart to serve. Yes. You know, and I look at you, I look at Bob, your husband, mm -hmm. uh, and your kids, and all of them are serving the community. All mm -hmm. of them are serving people that, that have a need as firefighters and dispatchers and all these different roles that they're playing. Um, and, um, and you've modeled that uh, for them. But it started early. Uh, you want to okay. share a little bit about that? Um, well, even my, my grandparents, my parents, they were always, um, and they would often lead groups and organizations um, that served people. And uh, so I saw that always going on and then volunteering their time for this or that. And so even when, when I was in junior high, I started working as a candy striper in a geriatric hospital, oh, which wow. I loved. I absolutely loved. The Lord was so cool, too, because he had me um, one thing. One of my first duties every day there would be to share a tract about oh. Jesus with and go around and get to read it to everybody and talk with them about it. And it was just so cool. So, um, but uh, so that was the first place that I got to volunteer. And then I just kind of always... Um, had I, I got to get a little taste of it at that point and just the blessing of being able to do that and so the lord has given me opportunities over the years and i jumped in and tried to always find some way to uh, be involved and give back to the community around me because that is what was modeled by my grandparents by my parents yes very much modeled and then um, and my father kind of led my husband when we were dating. My husband was delivering furniture, and my, my father said, you know, you need to be a fireman. <laughs> and so he kind of <laughs> led him down that path and, of serving. And um, it's something that's always been appreciated and held up with great honor in our family. Um, the, that it is such an honorable job. You're not going to get rich as a firefighter, <laughs> but it is such an honorable job. And then, um, yes, my kids are involved in that. 
or law enforcement, my all my kids or and my and my children in laws. And um, you know, we just have a whole family of people that are out there serving this community in one way or another and definitely something we respect greatly and we love and we are um privileged to get to be a part of in our lives. Yes. And not only are they doing it, but they're doing it so sacrificially and so yes. effectively, so fruitfully. Um, you know, we talk about gatekeepers on this program and the importance as a, as a gatekeeper um, to model right behavior. And that's what you've done. You know, that's what your, your grandparents did and your, yes. your parents did. And now you're, you've done with your kids. And I see them even modeling that for their kids. Yeah, your grandkids. Yes. And um, for those of you that are out there struggling and saying, hey, can I really make a difference? It's amazing the things that you do to model um, for your family, for your kids that they later in life pick up on. So good job. Thank you. That's, you know, the Lord has just blessed me to be able to, to see that my whole life. Speaking of family, Bobbert, who is my good buddy, your husband, Bob. Yes. Uh, I remember after I talked you into discipling some girls uh, and you were doing it for a while, I said, I'm going to go after Bob to disciple some guys. And I remember you saying, you'll never get him to do it. And so we prayed for that. And when I talked to him about it, he said, let me pray. And he did. And had this group of guys that he poured into that were so ornery, driving their trucks up on the sidewalks, you know, doing crazy <laughs> things, but just neat kids. And Bob had such a, an incredible investment in their lives. And to this day, they are still amazing young men. Now yeah. they're dads and husbands and making a difference in their life. It's got to be nice to be able to see somebody like um, Bob making that kind of a difference, especially when. You would normally think, gosh, I think this would be something that he would probably feel uncomfortable with, and I don't know that he would do it. You know, I don't, I don't think he understood for a long time how, um, how much of calling on his life this is and how fruitful he would be in investing in other people's lives. And, you know, back at that time, he was just getting his toe wet, you know, <laughs> with it. And yet he would have these guys and they were, they were just accomplishing great things. And guys that you'd be like, oh, I don't know. And they would, and they would turn around. They would just accomplish these great things. And, yeah, he is a uh, supernatural leader yeah. and, a, and a natural leader. People follow him. And, um, and he, he, and it just is, uh, it, it is just very natural in him. Like he couldn't hold it back if he wanted to. And over the years, I think he's become more confident in that. He has seen um, the fruit of it in, in, on the fire department as well as off the fire department in discipleships. And it was just such a huge blessing um, to have that season in our lives too, where we had, when we first started, we've got groups of girls and groups of guys discipling in our house. And our little son, who was like three when you first showed up in my living room, and, um, and you know, by the time he was four, he's, he's in there preaching with the, the leadership group. <laughs> and, you know, but he's like growing up in this home where the word is being taught. And I know a lot of people think, well, oh, I don't have time to disciple because it's going to take time away from my kids. I cannot tell you how overwhelmed I was at the goodness of God. When I'm watching my son grow up in a home 
where the word is being taught here and there and just surrounding him all the time. It was so good and so sweet and something I, you know, did it take one on one time away from him? Yeah, absolutely it did. But did it give him more of a love and authentic love for Christ at a young age? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you could see it as an yeah. incredible young man today, dad yes. and husband, uh, following in his father's footsteps and making a major difference in, in, uh, as a firefighter also and, and, yeah. and the rest of the, the companies around him. Okay, I've got one last question. You know, uh, again, I think I opened this up by talking about the fact that when people look at your life, you seem to have it all together. Um, and for the most part, you do. And, uh, <laughs> and it's because of your reliance on Jesus. Um, but life has not always been easy for you. There's been a lot of really hard challenges, uh, I know, early on in your life and, and difficulties and um, things that I, I'm sure you don't even want to talk about right now. But um, what about the people that are struggling with, with abuses or with bad parents or bad friendships or bad relationships or um, broken homes or whatever it might be out there that, that caused them to really think that, who am I and I'm not really important and, and I'm not significant. And so they live their lives as victims and they seem to be caught in that and can't get free of it. Do you have some advice for them? Um, yes. Growing up, I, I definitely faced some hard things in my life, and then it got harder. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there was some point there where I began to see myself as a victim. And I was straight out tell God, you owe me. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's a crazy thing to hear. I'm so thankful the Lord lets us be completely honest with him like that. <laughs> and, um, but that was where I was at. And, and I internalized so much of these things. I just held on to them until they literally were eating me alive. And I developed an autoimmune um, disease that I was on medications that were terrible. And I was like, I can't live like this. And the Lord's telling me if I would just trust him, he would heal me of this. And it was kind of a crazy time. That doesn't happen for everybody. And it was through that experience. Um, where I really learned to move out of that victimhood that was holding me in this deep, dark pit mm. that I could not escape from. And, and the Lord offered me something better. Mm. And he has something better for everyone that is out there that is sitting in that deep, dark pit of victimhood. No matter what has put you there, it doesn't matter. The Lord has something better to offer than that pit. And... So my part of my passion and my desire is to help people be free from that. And um, it is a process. And um, that absolutely just is about depending on God and learning to let go of things and give things to him and trust him and trust him and and not allowing yourself to go back there and pick those things up. And it, there's a whole process to that, but I would love to help anybody that needs help in going through that process. I would love to walk with them step by step and show them how to be free from that pit um, because it is deep and it's dark and it's, it doles out um, nothing but hopelessness. Mm. And so I would love to help people be free from that. That's awesome. Um, what is Student Mentor's email address if somebody ever wanted to, to get in touch with us? 
Michelle at svtemecula.org is one of them. You can and use that's Michelle with one L. Michelle with one L. Or you can just do to studentventure at msn.com. Either one of those will, will work and will come to me. That's awesome. One last thing on this is I know that you're a woman of the word. Yes. <laughs> you showed up today carrying your Bible. That's just where you are. You love spending that time in the word. You, um, and, and I think that's really the greatest source of your faith as you've learned to trust the Lord more and more in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you encourage people to, to maybe step out and start doing that? And maybe how, to, how would they go about it? In getting in the word, I, well, there's a, a lot of people will recommend like starting with the book of John. Since John was the one that had the closest relationship with Jesus, it's a great way to uh, connect in with having a relationship with Jesus. And so that's a great book to start off with. Um, for some of you, might just be praying and saying, Lord, show me where you want me to be. Show me where you want me to start. Where the Lord really grabbed a hold of me, um, and I had known him already, but I just was struggling with my relationship with him. And um, where he really grabbed a hold of me was the book of Romans one day. He just, I was just praying, and he just laid on my heart to open it to the book of Romans. And so for some of you, it might, be, might look a little different. Um, but pick somewhere, um, preferably in the New Testament, which is going to be towards the back of the Bible. If you are not <laughs> familiar, the Old Testament's towards the front and the New Testament's towards the back of the Bible. And um, the New Testament's just a little easier to understand to start off with. And then after you start to get familiar and you get deeper in your relationship with Jesus, you're going to want to move to that Old Testament because that's where the richness of this whole epic romantic story of god's love for you really takes place and so um, that would be my suggestion awesome one last thing on that is some of you might have a a king james version of your bible and it might be a little hard for you to understand it's kind of the elizabethan english Mm. uh, and finding a little more modern translation might be easier for you Um, and if you've got a question about that you can always contact us Yes. Um, thank you, sis, for being here. Thank you for all that oh. you do for this ministry, for our community, and for so many people's lives, including mine. And um, we just uh, appreciate who you are. Thank you. Thank I just you. want to say thank you so much for joining us today uh, and hope that you'll join us again next time. God bless you all. So if you enjoyed today's episode, Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss another episode of Monty Sharp and the Gatekeepers Initiative. Don't forget, each of us has our gates of influence in our lives that can radically change the world around us. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm looking forward to being with you again next time. May the Lord richly and wonderfully bless you.